Welcome to the Finishing Well podcast, where we encourage seasoned believers to find meaningful ways to impact their world for the kingdom of God. Whether you're 65 and up or not quite there yet, everyone can begin preparing to finish well. Now, here's your host, Randy Hess, with the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, Hal Habecker. Welcome back to the Finishing Well podcast. Finishing Well Ministries is focused on fulfilling God's plan for our aging years. As we age, God has a definite plan for us. He's designed the aging process. He designed the experiences we all have had in life that we'll continue to have, and he wants to use them to flow in a direction uh, to represent Jesus' work in our lives to others, and that's our testimony. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God ordained beforehand that we should live in them in our 70s, 80s, 90s, every year that we live, 60s, 50s, 40s, whatever, our lives should point to Jesus. And that's the work of Finishing Well Ministries. But today we have a unique opportunity to continue a discussion in the previous podcast about some challenges we have in life, particularly with a woman's perspective. I am honored to have my wife with us today. She was on the last podcast, so if you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to that one. But just an introduction to her and then what we're going to talk about in this podcast. Uh, Vicki, we've had uh, nearly 47 years together in marriage. We've known each other for 48 plus years, and we've been through four different ministries together. Um, We could talk about all of those and what we've learned in them, but we have shared life and we have shared ministry. We've shared perspectives together. And I value what God has taught you and what God has taught me through you as we have lived these years together. We've talked about some struggles in the past uh, podcast, the previous podcast, and your perspective. And we want to talk about two more challenging areas of life. The first area is Uh, dealing with parents in their aging years and their deaths, which many of us at our age have already experienced. If you're a little bit younger, you still may be a part of that sandwich generation. And then the other area we want to talk about in this podcast is having a husband who keeps changing jobs. Now, I've only changed four in my lifetime with you, so that's a pretty good run, but, uh, but they've all been in ministry together, and God has taught us. So, Uh, Let's jump into uh, the first podcast, uh, the first part of this podcast, dealing with with end-of-life issues with parents. Now, share share your story and share what God is teaching you through this challenge. Well, my story is going to be mainly how I dealt with my parents. But also, we can think, if you've already lost your family, uh, how your kids and your grandkids are going to deal with you as you age and end-of-life issues. It's important. My my father died at age 94, and my mother lived three more years. The Lord didn't take her home until she was 97. She struggled with dementia for 18 years before the Lord took her home. And as many of you have been, if if you have been affected with a loved one with dementia, you know it's a hideous disease. And the toil that it takes on the family is also hideous. I'm an only child, and I was close to my parents, praise God. So it was a pleasure to care for them. 
I often wished I had a sibling or two uh, to help, but it was also nice that I didn't have to get a consensus from brothers and sisters to make decisions about their care. The one thing I want to encourage everyone is that occasionally a caregiver has to be a, we call it a missionary to themselves, uh, because all the emotions of caring for someone with end-of-life issues, especially with dementia, those emotions, sadness, anxiety, anger, guilt, frustration, that they all combine to make caregiving a monstrous task. I tried, my dad tried to be the caregiver for my mother, but it took, uh, uh, his physical health took a beating trying to do that. So we ended up with my parents in an assisted living facility. And then when my father passed away, we put my mother in one of these residential homes. But caregivers need to just sometimes take time for themselves. I found myself questioning my decisions all the time. Should I have kept my mother in her own home? Am I giving up by putting her on hospice? Those questions didn't stop at the end of the day, day because my nights were pretty sleepless and waiting for the phone to ring. Uh, so I asked myself a question myself. I was also sad so much of the time. You know, they say Alzheimer's is what? The long goodbye. I was saying goodbye little bits by bits to my mother all the time. I began to miss her laugh and her advice, whether it was solicited or not, her recipes, things like that. So I was sad. I was questioning myself. And I will say I was often angry. I tried to, as scripture says, give thanks in all things, but I failed miserably a few times. I remember one specific, and how you'll remember this, I just had a complete meltdown. My mother had fallen and broken her hip, and they had rushed her to the hospital, and um, she was going to have hip surgery. My daughter in California was also in labor and giving birth to one of our grandchildren. I was torn between what I called the land of the living and the land of the dying. Going to California and seeing new birth and new life would have filled my heart but I felt like I needed to stay at the hospital and be there uh, for my mother to see if she was going to survive the uh, the hip surgery. So I, I don't know if you remember, we went to eat dinner that night because I had to make a decision if I was going to get on a plane in the morning or not. And our go-to, when, we're, when there's crisis in our life, our go-to is to go eat Mexican food. <laughs> so that's what we did. And I remember crying over my fajitas and I decided to be a missionary to myself. So the next morning, I got on the plane, and I went and watched my granddaughter be born. Uh, as a caregiver, you're exhausted a lot of time, the lack of sleep. Uh, I thought often of good old disciple Peter when he was trying to walk on the water. You know, he was fearful one minute, and that's the way I was with aging parents and their care. Then he was trusting Christ one minute, and then he was drowning the next. And I went through all of that range of emotions. I remember at one point when things were really bad, my mother was in the hospital, my dad was in the hospital in the room right next to her. He was having end-of-life issues. She was having end-of-life issues. And I remember telling God, I'm drowning here. 
I cannot do this one more day. I think I remember asking God if he didn't take my mother home. He needed to take me home. I'm sorry I'm crying. No, no. There were hard times for us. Hard times for you particularly. And for me to know how to encourage you and be there and, you know, step in. I remember encouraging you to go to California, you know, and uh, we faced it together. I mean, but of course, you're processing this because it's your your parents you're saying goodbye to. And it was different for you. Your mother was going through similar end of life issues. But here we were in Texas and she was in Pennsylvania. And so you weren't there yeah. physically. And, and absorbing all the chaos that goes with end-of-life issues. And I had a younger brother who did all of that with our mother as well. The last emotion I struggled with, and I did until a few years ago, um, was guilt. I checked on my mother every single day at the facility where she was, except The day she died, we had family in town. It was February, and it was one of those cold, icy, miserable Dallas days. We were sitting in front of the fireplace, and um, I thought, I need to go check on my mother. And then I thought, I don't want to. I was holding a grandbaby, and once again, that phrase, um, enjoying the world of the living versus the pain of watching someone die. And I just thought, I'm not going to go. And would you believe it? Two hours later, the phone rang. And one of the nurses said that my mother had met Jesus. Um, I had this expectation. I knew that my mother was going to die. But I had this expectation it would be like in a Hallmark movie, that all the family would be around her bed, and we, somebody would be praying and somebody would be reading scripture and we would be singing the old hymns. But that didn't happen. She just died in her bed. And I wasn't there holding her hand. Psalm 46.10 says to be still and know that I am God. One translation says cease striving and know that I'm God. Um, caregivers need to cease striving all the time. You have that phrase uh, that you've enjoyed. Quit trying to boil the ocean. It just can't be done. God has our days numbered before there was one of them. And we just need to submit to his timing and his plans. You used the term a minute ago, the sandwiched generation. And that's what I think our adult children, they have their hands full with their own kids, but perhaps they also have hands full with caring for aging parents. That could be us someday. So let's, and help. this is one of your essentials in the uh, uh, Finishing Well Essentials. Let's make our adult children, let's make their job easier by making plans for our own end-of-life issues. Absolutely. We need to purge stuff that we think we should save, but, and ladies, you'll understand that if you're listening to this, our kids don't want our stuff. 
I don't want my china, but I want my crystal. I had one of my daughters say she wanted my treadmill. I thought, well, that's not very uh, fun. Uh, I think we need to talk openly with our adult kids about these end-of-life issues so nothing is a surprise to them when God calls us home. Does that make sense? Makes all the sense in the world. Uh, Two things, just uh, in hearing you tell your story again. I love to hear your story because your heart comes through. Uh, you, You think... You feel life with your heart, and it's just awesome uh, trying to listen again to your pain and how God works in life and, and why he has designed life in this strange way, joys intermixed with pain almost simultaneously. While somebody's being born, somebody's dying. You know, we we suffer, we move in and out of seasons in our life, of days. Things can happen in a day. I mean, I think of that with Queen Elizabeth this week again, two two days ago or three days ago, she was appointing the prime minister of the UK in person, standing there. And two days later, she's with Jesus. Uh, so you don't know. I mean, she said when she took the throne when she was young, whether it'll be short or long, our days are actually in God's hands. But I, I love that the scripture helps us, says, Hal, think about this. Vicki, think about this. You're going to die. And that is the whole six essential. God has ordained the day we're born, and he's ordained the day of our death. And uh, we have an opportunity to respond to that invitation and plan well. I am by uh, nature and personality a fixer. I like to see a problem and um, come up with a plan to fix it. And a lot of things that need that I think need fixing can't be fixed, especially when it comes to something like a loved one with dementia and uh, when we know that death is imminent. You can't fix that. You just have to trust that God has a perfect plan. And grow into it and plan ahead for yourself and yourselves as a couple during these days. And and that's another thing. Uh, we, we don't need to spend more time on it, but the next 10 days are all planned out for Queen Elizabeth Legacy. You know, her funeral will be in 10 days. I mean, the whole thing is planned out. Do all of us have our death date and the activities following our death? Have we planned our funerals? Have we planned what were they going to do with our body? Uh, You know, go right down the line. Have we planned ahead? And she has, and we should. And scripture calls us to do that. So the last thing I want to talk about in this podcast is uh, your response to me in in a unique way. Uh, you know, the Lord has led us in four different ministries. You know, we were at First Baptist Church Dallas, and then we went to the Christian Medical and Dental Associations, and then we pastored a church for nearly 22 years. We were there for 25, and now we're in our seventh year of Finishing Well Ministries. So each time we change, it makes you change. I mean, because we're going through a different transition. I'm doing something different. Talk about that and how that has impacted you and how you've walked through each of these changes and what God's teaching you. I think the hardest one was this last uh, change. Uh, When you stepped down from pastoring our church for over 20 years, we had a lot of decisions to make. And you knew that God was calling you to start finishing well ministry. So your next job was in place. But as your wife, I didn't know what my next job 
would be. I had taught the women's Bible study at our church for 17 years. I played the piano and helped plan worship services. Uh, And now we were leaving that church, and I didn't know what my new purpose would be. I said, I used to introduce myself at church. I'd go, hi, I'm Vicki. I'm Pastor Hal's wife. Well, now I just say, hi, I'm Vicki. Well, I love it. I love that. I didn't have a, a hat to wear. But the thing that God is convicting me about is that my aging is making me resistant to change. I like things the way they are. And if they're working, I change them. My comfort disappeared with change. And I like comfort. (laughs) I like predictability. I like familiarity. I used to love going to this Texas State Fair and riding all the roller coasters and the scary rides. Now I just prefer the the merry-go-round. No, no, no. Yes, I do. (laughs) It's, It's safe. And since you stepped down and started finishing well ministries, the last seven years have brought all kinds of change, and I have not felt particularly safe. And I need to look at these changes as opportunities for growth. But redefining yourself and finding new purpose, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, and like in our first podcast, we've talked about some physical challenges we've had. And that certainly, I think, stunts or at least slows down our growth process. Um, We mentioned earlier that John 15 reminds me that I can only produce fruit if I'm abiding in the true vine, my Lord and Savior. So since I'm alive and, and breathing, he's not finished with me yet. And the fruit he produces in me, I think it's going to be really different than what it used to be. And all I need to do is just abide. But once again, I don't, I'm having to redefine who I am. I know who I am. I'm a child of the King. I'm a sinner that was saved only by the blood of Jesus, but I need, I need to know what I'm to do next. Or to be now, reflect with me for a little bit, because I think this is significant. I mean, this to me is the genius of Finishing Well Ministries and what God calls us to be in these years. So let, let's go back on our life. All of life is an expectation of what's ahead. You know, as you're, you're little, you go to your go to kindergarten for the first time and parents are excited. I mean, their kids go to school and the world's aglow. Golly, this is fantastic. Your kids grow. They go into junior high. They go into senior high. They begin to develop. You celebrate them. They go to college. You don't know what's ahead in college, but golly, this is going to be great. I remember when our daughters understood what it was that God wanted them to be in terms of a profession, you know, a nurse or a child life specialist or Jonathan gone in football and coaching and, and, and now in a different deal. So you're always looking forward. And then you get those first kids and then you get your grandkids and then you watch them grow and you're celebrating everything that's coming. So the question, I mean, you go into a profession, if you're uh, you know, a lawyer, a teacher, a physician, whatever you are, and life 
you keep looking forward to it. And then you start looking forward to retirement, whatever that means in your head. And then you get there like you've articulated and you say, well, who am I and what do I, you know, what does God want me to be and to do? So my, my question is, why do we stop expecting God to work in our lives and be what he calls us to be in those aging years? And I'm not just talking about you or me. I mean, but that's universal. But there is this expectation that I think God has wired into life. But for some reason, retirement in general often means, well, I don't expect anything anymore, or I'm expecting leisure, or I just want to hang out with my grandkids. But we give up this expectation of who God is and what he wants us to be and how he's ordained these years. Does that make sense? Does that resonate? It resonates, but I have no answer for that at all. I don't know why. Um, as we get older, um, I mean, we're, we are slower in our activities. Um, I'm tired uh, playing with grandkids when you're 60 is different from playing with them when you're 70. Yeah, I pulled a muscle in the front yard chasing red around the other day, and I hobbled around for a week until it got better. I mean, I was just goofing off, and I accelerated. Ouch, that hurt. I think this is the riddle of life. In the scriptures, there's always something better ahead. Uh, you know, whether it's the joy of seeing your kids and grandkids and great-grandkids develop, the continuing impact of your friendship. You know, I, I think, again, for Queen Elizabeth, you know, yesterday she died, if you're just catching this. You, you know, I, I think she always was expecting God to work in her life in this last season. And she knew that God would take her home to heaven, but she had business to do in this life right up to her death including expecting the new prime minister of Great Britain to walk into her apartment and appoint her as the next leader of the UK. I mean, I just think that's awesome. So I think God has something for us. Uh, you know, I love this. Why, God chose uh, Moses at eight, age 80, and he lived the last 40 years of his life leading the children of Israel. And you go through the characters of Scripture, Daniel, Joshua, John, the apostle, Peter, Paul, and there is this sense, and Anna in Luke chapter 2 at age 84, and Simeon as a centenarian meeting the Messiah for the first time. So there is this expectation, I think, that God wires into life, and ultimately it's heaven. So do we expect that? So I, I'm, I'm wired thinking expectation all along and all that God has appointed for us in these important years. I think the last few years, I have um, I kind of gave up expect expectations unless it was a trip um, to get anxious about going uh, to dinner with friends. But just the every day of the last, especially the last two years with the physical challenges we've had, um, it, it, life was just kind of mundane. And I think once that um, depressive mentality uh, takes over. You, you give up on uh, expecting too much, maybe except expecting what's the next, when's the next domino going to fall? And that's a, that's a sad way to live life. 
Uh, let me close with a verse. Well, first of all, I, Vicki, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing this with us and our listeners today. Again, as I stated in the, at the beginning, I hope if you're listening to this and your husband or a man, please share this with your your wife, your daughters, or whatever, because I, I love hearing my wife's perspective on life. Uh, God wants us to grow, and I grow every time I listen to her. So thanks, love, for sharing your heart with our readers today. Uh, the verse I want to close with is in Ecclesiastes. Uh, I love this. I love the book of Ecclesiastes. It speaks a lot about the end of life and the last issues in life. In fact, I'm leading a Bible study this fall at a senior living facility, uh, Ecclesiastes, for uh, staying young as we age. You know, going back to the basics, in Ecclesiastes 3, Solomon says he has planted eternity in their heart without which they will never understand the beginning from the end. So God has made us eternal creatures, and as we live with that eternal perspective in life, we're always looking for meaning in life and looking ahead to what God has for us next. So I think that's that's what God's agenda is for us, and that's the agenda of finishing well, learning to fulfill God's plan in our aging years. So if you're out there, I mean, you are, you're listening, thank you. The Lord bless you, and let's continue this process, being a part of finishing well, supporting us financially, sharing this with your friends, doing everything that God has wired into our lives for his purposes in these aging years. So may the Lord bless you, and I pray for God's blessing in our own life. Uh, Vicki, do you have a, a final word you'd want to say uh, to our listeners out there? How, how would you encourage them as we close this today? Well, this is how I'm going to encourage myself. Well, first of all, with, with God's word, but you have referred to this a few times, the movie with uh, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, grumpy old man <laughs> and grumpier. I don't want to be a grumpy old lady. I don't want to uh, just be a, everything be a downer. I don't want dread. Uh, I'm still having trouble with sleeping at night. And I've said to you several times, I dread going to bed because you don't know if you can lay there for 30 minutes or an hour and a half or two hours or whatever. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to have my um, mindset one of boom and gloom. So I'm going to ask God to restore the spirit that he uh, has put in me. That's wonderful encouragement. And I hope you expect a great week next week in Charleston, South Carolina. May the Lord bless us. Keep us faithful to him. The same for everybody listening today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Finishing Well podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's conversation to continue living out your God-given purpose. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find us at finishingwellministries.org slash podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Finishing Well Ministries. We'll see you next time.